You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome to year two of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, a refreshing and captivating interview with top sports personalities and their connections to Chicago. From Eddie Olchek to Bob Costas, Mike North to Pat Foley, they reveal entertaining, memorable, and emotional stories, some you've never heard before. I'm George Hoffman, and please make sure you subscribe to Tell Me a Story I Don't Know on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is sponsored by Vienna Beef, makers of Chicago's hot dogs since 1893. Find them on the web at ViennaBeef.com. And by Dynamic Manufacturing, awarded the General Motors Supplier of the Year 23 times. Honored the legacy, pioneer the future. Visit them at DynamicManufacturingInc.com. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is also sponsored by Serenow Law Group, top-notch pros in reducing your rising real estate taxes. They're on the web at Serenow.com by BetUS, America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. Check them out at BetUS.com. And by the Polina Market, purveyors of the finest meats in the Chicagoland area since 1949. Visit them at PolinaMarket.com. This week we feature one of the most dynamic and creative play-by-play -play voices in the business, Kevin Harlan. Now there comes a point when I think for a lot of broadcasters, you you begin to close the curtain and say all right stop uh you know and 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 let's get back to the call or let the security people do but i have been you know probably a little errant in that regard and have continued to call them both guys you know were dodging oncoming security people finally that had gone on the field uh both were taking clothes off as they were running on the field <laughs> and uh and it just kind of i think made for perhaps a a moment this is not an understatement but it seems as if kevin harlan gets more popular with every broadcast then again when you have a magnetic delivery chronicle the exploits of a streaker and a cat hawk soup and haircuts as if you own the companies and make every game sound like it matters more than the next well it's a career honed over 40 years and started when he was a teenager. Plenty on this plate. So Kevin Harlan, tell me a story I don't know. Hey, George, how fun to be on with you. We've known each other for 40 plus years, so this is a real treat. And thank you for having me on. A story that you don't know. I wanted to be an airline pilot when I was growing up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. 
And for Christmas, I would ask for, uh, for my mom and dad, I, I said, if I could just have airfare to fly from Green Bay to Chicago O'Hare and stay there all day and then fly back that night, um, that's what I would like. And, and that's what they gave me for Christmas for a couple of years in a row. And I was about 12 and 13 years old by myself would take the first North Central Airlines flight from Green Bay to O'Hare. Uh, and this was usually uh, during our Christmas break. Um, but whenever I got, uh, whenever I got the chance to do it, I'd fly to Chicago, stand outside for most of the day on at that time, they allowed um, these open air observation decks that were above the concourses at O'Hare. And you could go up there, there'd be a big fence and you could stand out there as long as the weather would permit and uh, take pictures and just watch planes take off all day long. And, and that's what I did. I wanted to be an airline pilot at Green Bay. I would ride my bike from our home out to the airport and go underneath the landing uh, runway uh, where the planes would fly over and, and then land. And I would sit out there for hours and watch planes take off and land. And, uh, and that's what I wanted to be. And, and, and uh, which kind of led to getting into broadcasting because my dad took a look at my math grade. And at that time, aeronautical engineering and math and, and trigonometry and all those things were used by pilots. This was pre-computer. So he took a look at my math grades in, in, uh, in grade school when I was doing this early high school and looked at me and looked at my grades and looked at me and looked at my grades again. He goes, you know, <laughs> if, it, if it were me, I think I might look at, at something else. <laughs> and, I did. and he was a journalism major in college and he steered me into, into, uh, into journalism, into broadcasting. I'm also thinking, so you're 12 or 13. My guess is by the time you're 14, your voice changed. That may change things too. Yeah, you know, really, the, the, the voices I read, the first real voice and broadcasting presence I ever really recognized was John Facenda of NFL Films oh, yeah. narrating Super Bowl I between the Packers and the Chiefs. A magnificent performance earns Bart Starr the game's most valuable player award. For the first time in seven years, Vince Lombardi's Packers, 35-10 victors over Kansas City, can claim an indisputable world championship. And ironically enough, I went on to broadcast those two teams during my career, the Packers preseason games on TV. I've broadcast since 2003, and the Chiefs I broadcast for nine years as their play-by-play -play voice, but for 13 years handling pregame uh, things and producing, and that's where you and I met. So, um, But that was really the first voice that I recognized and and really tried to study and that was when i was about eight or nine years old and uh and so my my interest in broadcasting really began at about 11 or 12 coinciding with this airline career that i thought maybe would be a possibility too and my dad kind of pointed out to me he said you know you can do you can you can have the best of both worlds you can broadcast and you can still fly all over literally the world and do games and have and do both things you love. And, I, and that really kind of, you know, hit the switch for me. And that kind of said, OK, so when I was 12, you know, 13, 11, 12, 13 years old, I began to really take an interest. And so I'd go in my bedroom and close the door and turn down the sound on TV and begin to broadcast games when I was that age. And 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 those events kind of intersected and 
and really led to what has been a, an incredibly full and gratifying and pleasing career with, with still some time remaining, but that's where it kind of all began. All right, let, let's forget about the games you do for just a moment. Tell me a story I don't know. When you became a premier spokesman, I mean, you could sell me on walking on hot coals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, that I've really ever looked at it like that. You know, during all my broadcasts, I've got to read, I've got to read promos and commercials and things that the network or, or before with individual teams I was broadcasting all require. So I, when I go back and listen to my games, I make sure that the way I read those promos or those commercials during a game, um, I make sure that I read those with the same kind of interest that I do as if I were broadcasting the game itself. TNT is brought to you by Burger King. Try the $6 King box, including one classic entree, fries, a drink, and two cookies. Mm. <laughs> and by Kia. And um, I guess people feel that are in the advertising business that maybe there is something about my delivery, uh, my energy, or whatever it might be that, you know, I say it with a smile on my face and, and, and I am, you know, in, involved in selling. I guess I, I've talked to too many salesmen, and George, you know this side of the business all too well. I've talked to too many people that sell airtime, radio or TV, during a game or during a show that work so hard to sell that. And then the company that buys that airtime is putting their reputation and their good name on that broadcast and with your voice and delivery. So I never take it for granted when I, when I have to read one of those and want to make sure that it stands out a little bit. Not go overboard, but certainly enjoy it if it's kind of interesting or funny. Um, you know, if it's kind of worded in a different way that kind of makes you laugh as you read it. Uh, but I've, I guess I've always kind of felt like, like that's an important part of the business too, that I don't, I don't want to just skim over it. I do hear a lot of radio people, you know, skim over, hey, this portion mm -hmm. of the show brought to you by da-da-da-da-da, and, and they say it so fast and without any kind of conviction that you really don't take it in. So I guess I've always kind of felt like that was a pretty important part of the broadcast. Well, it's pretty obvious that you clearly enjoy it. Take, for example, the great clips spot and the one for Campbell's soup. They were so good, Kevin, I wanted a hot bowl and get my lock shorn. <laughs> He's got the bowl, looking downfield. He's gonna have to hurdle the tiny track. Look at him tiptoe free. Oh, what a spin move. This can will not be denied as Hardy Meat and Vic. Campbell's chunky soup that eats like a meal. It all comes down to this final moment, and it's good! Actually, it's great! I love it! Great Clips has the best team in the business. Great Clips, official hair salon at March Madness. <laughs> you, George. <laughs> I mean, I, they were really good! Well, you know, the, the, the hair commercial, they really wanted it kind of with a lot of shtick and with a lot of personality, and so what you saw was, you know, the, the urging of the person that was producing those spots. The Campbell soup thing was kind of interesting. I, I actually taped those. Uh, we spend our summers up in Door County, Wisconsin, which is I north know it well. Bay. Yeah, north of Chicago, mm -hmm. where you are, about a six-hour drive um, north of Green Bay by about 80 miles. And uh, I grew up in the area, so knew about this area. And it's right on Lake Michigan. And we have a very small cottage up there that we've raised our family in. And every summer, we went out there, and the kids would get 
job selling ice cream or working uh, uh, at the at the uh, pier and, and and whatever whatever they did little summer jobs that we've all done um, and, and but we spent our summers up there and so I, I drove down to Green Bay when Campbell's uh, contacted my my representatives in New York and I, I taped those in in Green Bay but what was going on was because there was no other studio up in that part of Wisconsin where, where we spend our summers in Door County to, to do them. And so they had people listening in, in the West Coast, in the East Coast, and, and there were about 10 people on this call that were listening to my, my thing. So when I first read their copy, I read this Campbell Soup copy uh, with, with just kind of, kind of a down-the-middle delivery. And they go, okay, that sounds that sounds okay. Um, um, can you can you? I said I said let me ask you something. Can I can I read it to you as if I'm doing play by play of a Monday night football <laughs> game for Westwood One CBS Radio? And they go, oh yeah, please do that. And so I did. And well, that that was a, a game changer for them. It was natural to me. But I pictured myself and I closed my eyes kind of when I was doing it as if I were calling. Aaron Rodgers or a, or, or a whatever, you know, football player, you know, running uh, for a first down or for a touchdown. And I called it that way. And I could hear there was a delay after I finished the copy. And all I heard was chuckling on the other end of the line from 10 different people on the phone line, listening in different parts of the country. And I said, oh, either, either they're thinking this guy's an idiot, or maybe that's kind of what they were looking for. And as it turns out, that's what they were looking for. And that's, I guess that's originally why they had come my direction with the offer. So anyway, George, that was that was that. So, you know, I think all of us in this business have a little bit of ham in us, a uh, little bit of a shtick, so to speak. But but uh, I, I do take these promos, you know, those two maybe were a little bit more acting. But but during a broadcast, I take them seriously because I know they're spending a lot of money with the network or with our the team that I'm broadcasting and it's important to them. So I want to make sure they're getting their money's worth. Would you like to save money? <laughs> Who wouldn't? How about saving money on your real estate taxes? I have and did so thanks to Serenal Law Group, accomplished professionals ready to put money back in your pocket. All Chicago properties were reassessed by the Cook County Assessor's Office, and some of you got eye-opening increases. Serenal Law Group has the ability to lower that. The deadline to file your 2021 appeal is 30 days after your township opens for appeals at the Board of Review, so don't waste a minute contacting Serenal Law Group so you can save. There are no fees, so you don't have to pay a dime unless they save you money. And take it from me, they've saved me thousands. And they do it in a professional and friendly manner that makes your life a whole lot easier. Serenal Law Group handles appeals throughout the greater Chicagoland area from residential, commercial, or industrial property. They're ready to fight on your behalf so you don't pay more than your fair share. Visit their website, serenow.com, that's S-A-R-A-N-O-W, or call them at 312-373-0015. Mention promo code OFFMAN, that's O-F-M-A-N, to get a discounted fee on your 2021 property tax appeal. Contact Serenow Law Group, S-A-R-A-N-O-W, and start saving. The Super Bowl is set. March Madness will be here soon, and BetUS Sports is your home for all of it, plus the NBA, NHL, UFC, and PGA Tour. Sign up now, and first-time bettors will get a 125% bonus with our promo code STORY22. That's STORY22. Future odds, live betting, and great parlay plays also await you at BetUS. 
BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Go to BetUS.com and remember our code, STORY22. The easiest way to hear more great guests on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is to follow me on social media at George Hoffman. That's O-F-M-A-N, just one F, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We return with Kevin Harlan on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Well, speaking of shtick and ham... You called the exploits of a streaker during a Super Bowl broadcast. What prompted you to do that? Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. Well, both guys won on a Monday night game, you know, three, four, five years ago. And the guy that was in, in Tampa this past year in the Super Bowl, they ran right through the play formation. I mean, the, in both instances, the teams were at the line of scrimmage and, and getting ready for a snap. And the guy ran right through. And in both instances, the guy ran the length of the field and nobody did anything. Like there was no security that they quickly converged on the guy once he had hopped the fence and began to run down the middle of the field. Now I'm doing radio. So on TV, I, I probably would have said, oh, somebody's come on the field and, and we're not going to show you and, and, and get back into the conversation of the game. But on radio, as you know, you are so deep into the weeds in calling every element of that game because it is radio. You've got to be the reporter. You've got to have, you know, a, a, the eyes and, and the adjectives and, and all the different things that you need to bring what you're seeing and broadcasting to life. And what was going on was, you know, here they are lining up and uh-oh, somebody's run out on the field and they run right through the formation. And the guy, you know, and then describing, because I just, I, you know, for three and a half hours, I've been describing every type of catch and every type of throw and every type of run, you know, with cuts and jukes and missed tackles and drop balls and a two-handed you know, hip high catch on the sideline in front of a standing, you know, coach Andy Reid or whatever it might be. So like you're so in, you're so in deep on those kinds of calls that this just kind of fell right in line. Now there comes a point when I think for a lot of broadcasters, you, you begin to close the curtain and say, all right, stop, uh, you know, and, and, and let's get back to the call or let the security people do but I have been, you know, probably a little errant in that regard and have continued to call them. Both guys that have come on the field have been funny and done kind of like theatrics and they've been describable. You know, if the guy just ran on the field and did nothing, you know, it wouldn't have any color to it. But both guys, you know, were dodging oncoming security people finally that had gone on the field. Uh, both were taking clothes off as they were running 
on the field. <laughs> and uh, and it just kind of, I think, made for perhaps a, a moment. And in both games, uh, the outcome was long known. Uh, there was not much going on. We we're kind of at that point of the game where they were really just kind of waiting for the clock to tick for the team to win. So, um, like I said, I don't know that I'm going to do it again. I, it, it becomes a little bit, a little bit different, you know, each time. And the league, I think, is okay with it. But I, I think now I've done it twice. That is plenty. And, and I think we'll move on. But it's not the first time you veered away from the play on the field because there was this black cat during a Monday night game. I saw the video the other night. I have to tell you, I howled with laughter. <laughs> well, I mean, you're well, doing that, the play-by-play now of a cat well, scoring that, a touchdown. Well, that was in the Meadowlands, the Cowboys and the Giants on a Monday night game. And play stopped because of the cat. So again, I'm doing radio. And again, something has happened on the field, part of the mechanics of the game where play is stopped because this cat is just standing there at the 50 yard line. And, and the, the Giants were actually moving uh, on the Dallas defense and had just completed a pass to the tight end, Evan Ingram. And he had gone out of bounds on the far side of the field and was coming back in. I think they had just acquired a first down with the throw. And, uh, and he was going back to the huddle, and finally the official blew the whistle and pointed at the cat. And so now everybody is turned around on the field and looking at the cat, which almost simultaneously begins to run the other way and down the middle of the field as if he were a player with the ball scoring uh, a touchdown. He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CD. W people who get it now a policeman a state trooper has come on the field and the cat runs into the end zone that is a touchdown and the cat is elusive there are state troopers all around this cat which now climbs up into the stands and the fans are running for their line now it goes back on the field again and it's running in the back of the end zone and he ran down the middle and then stopped as if juking uh, or faking out an oncoming defender and then quickly darted into the end zone uh, for a touchdown. And again, if the cat goes out of bounds, it, you know, there's not much to it. But this particular cat went right down the middle, play had stopped because of it, and into the end zone for a touchdown. So again, kind of a fun part of it. I had actually done the same thing at ESPN back uh, in 1991. I was doing an Elvis Gerbach, Michigan at Purdue Halloween afternoon game on ESPN with Craig James and a, a rabbit had come on the field and a rabbit had stopped play. But then the rabbit did exactly what the cat did, ran as if he had the ball like a player down the middle of the field and into the end zone with a cut at about the five uh, and into the slanting into the end zone. And, uh, and so that was kind of fun. So you know, I guess these things happen. Some people choose to do it as if, if it were a play in the game. Others choose not to. I have chosen to make it a part of the broadcast. And so anyway, and um, but fun and hope people take it that way. And I don't mean any harm or any insult or any disregard or a disrespect for the game itself. 
Vienna beef, two words synonymous with hot dogs. They're the home of the Chicago hot dog and an institution since 1893. If you've had a hot dog, chances are it was from Vienna. And did you know there are more locations selling Vienna in Chicago than McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's combined? There's nothing like biting into a juicy and delicious pure beef Vienna hot dog. Drag through the garden, which includes yellow mustard, onions, relish, tomatoes, sport peppers, pickles, and some celery salt. And oh, those Polish sausages dripping with flavor. And look for the spicy smoked sausage available in your local retail stores. It includes a perfect blend of seasonings such as crushed red peppers and brown sugar, creating a bold and zesty taste. Vienna products are available in restaurants, grocery stores, and entertainment venues such as the ballparks, cups, and socks, stadiums, museums, and zoos. Plus, you can purchase them online, coast-to-coast at ViennaBeef.com and on Amazon. And remember, Vienna is not just hot dogs and sausages. Look for their farm makers chili, mini bagel dogs, condiments, and classic deli meats. Take it from a guy who was weaned on, then sold Vienna products. It's the mark of excellence since 1893. Check them out at ViennaBeef.com. You put everything into your broadcast. Anybody who's watched you work, let alone see you work, knows this is about your body and soul. So how did you hone this style? Was there a time during the growth of your career you knew that this was you, that this was the Kevin Harlan that we hear today? Well, I'm a fan. And my, you know, I grew up in, in the business. My dad was with the baseball Cardinals from the time I was five till about the time I was 10 in St. Louis and Bob Gibson was pitching and Lou Brock and Roger Maris, uh, Tim McCarver. Uh, They were in the World Series against the Boston Red Sox in 67 against Mickey Lolich and Al Kaline and the Detroit Tigers in 68. I actually was in the clubhouse and on the field uh, part-time as a ball boy when I was a young kid in St. Louis during those years. So had a chance to be on, on baseball diamonds with professional major league players. And then when my dad went to the Packers in 1971, I was a ball boy during the summers and then working in the press box during the games. So, you know, I was, I, I, I have been a fan and have had the grand opportunity, the, the, the wonderful blessed opportunity of seeing behind the curtain of seeing how coaches prepare, what team meetings are like, what a locker room is like at halftime or, or what it's like in a baseball dugout during a game. And, and, and that just gets me excited. And, and I'm a naturally um, uh, emotional and passionate person to begin with. And so uh, I've always said, you can't, you, you, you can't make up that kind of energy for three hours, game after game and season after season if it's not natural, because it would it'd be exhausting. I don't get exhausted, but that's kind of my personality. And then the thing that really kind of changed the game for me, uh, well, two things actually in terms of radio, which is my first love. Um, when I was growing up in Green Bay, I could get uh, radio stations from around the Midwest, but in particular, uh, then WCFL, which carried the Chicago Bulls and Monday Night Football on Mutual at that time mm-hmm. with, with Lindsey Nelson. Jim Durham was doing the Bulls games on radio. One of my I, all-time favorites. Uh, if I may interrupt, uh, Jim Durham was, to this day, if somebody asked me, and we've had some great, great play-by-play people in this town, and they pinpointed me and said, George, pick one. It'd be Jim Durham, oh. uh, who basically described a game 
on radio as if you were watching it on TV. He was just absolutely wonderful, and I might add, a terrific human being, and he left us long before he should have. Magic spins in, scoops the pass off to Perkins, a right corner three, rimming no, rebound L.A., Magic lays it up, no good, rebound Magic Johnson, what a play by Magic Johnson, saving the series for L.A. possibly, now his scoop shot is blocked, Bulls come back, up court pass stolen, Armstrong threw it away, now on the drive, Smith inside, B.J. is steal, ahead to Pippen, the Bulls two on one, Pippen in on Perkins, and he's fouled by Sam Perkins, two shots in the ball. You, right in your mind's eye, the theater of the mind. And that's kind of my point is that when I would listen to him and then the other one was Joe Tate at 3WE Radio in Cleveland, I could get those two broadcasts almost, you know, back and forth every single night of an NBA season. And just hearing their, their description and how they laid things out on the floor. So you always knew what kind of dribble was being conducted by the ball handler where he was on the floor and then with the excitement and the crisp delivery that the nba requires those those voices and their description lingered in my head um uh, to this day i mean i hear they're they're both both have joe passed away jim a few years ago i've gone up to both and told him that i grew up listening to him as a kid in green bay being on the Great Lakes on Lake Michigan, that that signal would just fly across the water and would slam into my radio set at night as I was going to bed as a kid. So that's where I learned my radio play-by-play -play that extended on to football, too, because I would get Jack Buck and Hank, but early on I would get Lindsey Nelson on Mutual Radio doing Monday night before CBS Radio got it. And, and at that time, WCFL, and it's not that anymore, but that was, uh, they were called Mutual Radio in Chicago. And I remember the, the jingle in my head. I can remember those words as they would go to the top of the hour news. And so, I mean, like, I mean, I romanticize about radio and love it, but what really drove it home was when I was in college, I had an internship. It was the, what was the forebearer for ESPN radio. It was called Enterprise Radio. You may remember it. I do. It was out of Avon, Connecticut. It really was the thing that began ESPN radio, but they called it Enterprise Radio. They had no affiliation, but the two businesses were basically side by side in Avon and Bristol, Connecticut. And this was in Avon, Connecticut. And the people that began it were people from ABC, NBC, CBS Radio, Voice of America, and Mutual Radio, former executives that had a long history, uh, a, a litany of success in radio network news and sports. And they began this called Enterprise Radio. And they had Bob Buck, the brother of Jack Buck, and Kurt Chaplin, who used to fill in for uh, Howard Cosell on ABC Radio. Worked for both of them. Don Chevrier mm -hmm. out of Canada. Yep. Who would come in and do games, uh, do uh, do uh, games, do boxing, and and do he did he did NHL games. They had all these great radio people. That Dan Davis was there for a while. Anyway, um, they uh, they hired interns and they hired two interns their very first summer. 
And by the way, a lot of the producers and writers there all have been people I've worked with subsequently in, at CBS and at Turner and in this business. I was with NBC briefly and ESPN, but they hired two, they, they hired uh, George, two interns, me and a kid who went to Syracuse by the name of Sean McDonough. <laughs> and, and Sean McDonough and I were the only two interns. And we, we worked there that summer. And the old radio network uh, producers came in uh, during the week from New York. Uh, they had either retired or had been laid off, or, uh, but they had the, this treasure trove of great radio New York broadcasting uh, highlights games on tape, reels and reels of Red Barber and Mel Allen and, and, uh, and Marty Glickman and, and these great radio voices. And, and what I guess I really kind of put together was they would bring them up, they would let me listen to them in my off time in the studios up there. And, and just the, the, the indelible words they used and the, the images they created in my mind, theater of the mind, Barber was great. Um, and, and just how they would talk about, you know, I remember one thing I listened to in Red Barber was calling a game, but they were trying to get the game in because rain clouds were beginning to build over left field. And with every pitch, he would talk about the rain moving closer to the diamond and the clouds now shrouding the sun and how the, the, the shadows that were being cast at one time by the light poles and by the grandstand had now disappeared and how the dust was kicking up and how the pitcher had to continually back away off the rubber and take the dust in his hands and clear it from his eyes. Like, like all these like great visuals with his words. And that to me, uh, that, that was, that was the coup de grace. That was dropping of the anvil in terms of, I said, when I do radio play by play, that's how I'm going to do it. You know, even if no one else is doing it that way. And as you and I know, in the business right now, there are not many descriptive radio people. They basically do a TV call, which is fine. And that's what, that's what they've chosen to do. But you and I go back to radio in the eighties and, and, and we, and you before that probably in Chicago, but we, we know the significance of a good radio soundbite that can draw up, you know, uh, these visuals in a listener's mind that sometimes are even more powerful than if your own eyes saw it, uh, you know, by yourself on TV or in person. Vienna beef, two words synonymous with hot dogs. They're the home of the Chicago hot dog and an institution since 1893. If you've had a hot dog, chances are it was from Vienna. And did you know there are more locations selling Vienna in Chicago than McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's combined? There's nothing like biting into a juicy and delicious pure beef Vienna hot dog. Dragged through the garden, which includes yellow mustard, onions, relish, tomatoes, sport peppers, pickles, and some celery salt. And oh, those Polish sausages dripping with flavor. And look for the spicy smoked sausage available in your local retail stores. It includes a perfect blend of seasonings such as crushed red peppers and brown sugar, creating a bold and zesty taste. Vienna products are available in restaurants, grocery stores, and entertainment venues such as the ballparks cup 
clubs and socks, stadiums, museums, and zoos. Plus, you can purchase them online, coast-to-coast at ViennaBeef.com and on Amazon. And remember, Vienna is not just hot dogs and sausages. Look for their farm makers chili, mini bagel dogs, condiments, and classic deli meats. Take it from a guy who was weaned on, then sold Vienna products. It's the mark of excellence since 1893. Check them out at ViennaBeef.com. When you mentioned when you were young and you would flip the dial and you would be listening to people on WCFL, I did the same thing as a kid and, of course, in college. And so my dial flipping was KMOX so that I could hear the exploits before he became a member of the White Sox and Cubs, Harry Carey. But even more than that, Dan Kelly, who really was a spectacular play-by-play voice of the St. Louis Blues. Ran it into center ice to Paderko. Paderko stole it from Reinhardt. Breaking in to Hunter. Hunter shooting. Rebound. Then I would get WCAU in Philadelphia and hear Don Earl and Gene Hart. And I've always said this about play-by-play voices. The best ones aren't the ones who augment the game. The best ones are the ones who make it better. On radio, you, you can definitely say that because with their words, reporting style, voice inflection, pacing, all those things and more, you know, you can make it so riveting and so compelling um, that, you know, you could have people that are driving, uh, and then finally pull up in their driveway, stay in the car and listen, maybe till the, till the next commercial mm-hmm. or, 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 or to the end of the game. And, and I just think there's something very, to me, radio broadcasting is the purest form of broadcasting because on TV, the play-by-play guy, uh, is probably fourth in importance. It begins with the picture then the analyst third would be the statistics they throw up there and the replays they show in all the bells and whistles and then fourth would be you know the accenting nature of the tv play-by-play man you can see the celebration you can see the made shot you can see the touchdown run so what you need to do is accent what you see and make sure that your analyst has got space and the ability to why or why not why is a team winning why isn't a team winning you know that's what that's what the good analysts do and they make it simple and easily understood but on radio you are number one your words will paint that picture in a listener's mind your reporting skills will continue to fill in the gaps as to why a team is winning or losing your voice inflection will will guide and give a a compass for that listener as to maybe a big moment approaching or has just happened. Um, Your pacing will keep someone riveted. If you talk too fast, a lot of times you lose the listener because listening is an art. And that way, if you can capture that listener with your words and reporting and inflection and pacing, it can have this, this magnificent, you know, blossoming of, visual in your mind and feeling as if you saw it yourself and you didn't have to see what kind of catch it was or what kind of throw it was or what kind of basket it was because you know that he shot that shot atop the circle with the defender's 
hand in his face, falling away from, you know, all those things which make it great. Now, some sports really lend itself to that. And, and some sports are so fast, they're very difficult. Hockey is very, you mentioned Dan Kelly, uh, one of the great voices. We lost him too soon in his late 50s. Um, his son now broadcasting for the Blues, actually. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I, I love radio. That's why I got in the business. I firmly believe that when my career winds down and I begin to shed some of the things I'm doing and have a, a less busy schedule, that I will still have a radio football gig uh, that I'd like to finish out my career with where and, and with whom I do not know, hopefully doing exactly what I'm doing right now for Westwood One. But but I but that's how I that's how I got in the business. That's how I would like to uh, fingers crossed uh, leave the business. My thanks to NFL Films, Westwood One, Campbell Soup, Great Clips, YouTube, KMOX Radio, and the late and great WCFL for those marvelous highlights. And as always, a big thanks to TJ Reeves for putting this podcast on the map, Will Hatzel for his fine mixing and editing, and Nick Tochi for our great graphics. And to our generous sponsors, Serenal Law Group, top-notch pros who will save you money on your real estate taxes, Dynamic Manufacturing, Honor the Legacy, Pioneer the Future, and the Vienna Beef Company, home of the iconic Chicago hot dog since 1893. By BetUS, a pioneer in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, and the Polina Market, top purveyors of the finest meats and much more. Join me next time when we bring you part two with Kevin Harlan on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm George Hoffman, and that's all she wrote. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.